The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. It's one of the most special, special stories I've ever heard in my life. I want you to open your hearts and listen to the story. It happened a number of decades ago. They just developed the surgery which allows for a kidney transplant, saving many lives by transplanting a kidney. Since the way God made us, we only need one kidney. We can survive with one kidney. And therefore, so many precious people I know have donated kidneys and literally saved lives. Imagine you look at somebody and you know that they're living. They're living every moment because of you. There was a young Jewish man who needed a kidney, but they couldn't find a match. And his father put advertisements in all the newspapers looking for a match to save his son's life. After a very long search, a young man tested, and he was the right match. Can you imagine the joy? When he phoned the father and mother and said, I am ready, I am ready to donate a kidney to save your son's life. He went for all the testing. He went for all the preparations. They, of course, have to examine you medically, make sure you're perfectly healthy before they remove your kidney. And the physicians agreed that it's good, it's fine. And they scheduled a day for this surgery to remove the kidney and transplant it into the patient's life. Three days before the surgery, the father of the recipient, the father of the patient gets a call. And the kidney donor tells him, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to be able to do it for you. I'm not going to be able to give a kidney to save your son's life. Why not? Why not? What happened? The doctor said it's fine. You're medically healthy. He says, my father, my father called me in and told me that I forbid you to give up your kidney for this young man. Why? Is your father afraid for your health? I myself will bring the doctor, will have the doctor call your father and assure him that it will not damage your health. 99.9% we're sure there are not going to be any side effects. You will not be wounded or damaged in any way. You will live the same long life you were destined to live. He says, you can call my father, but it seemed that he was quite adamant. The father of the patient calls up the father of the donor. Hello, this is Mr. So-and-so. My son needs a kidney. Your son graciously offered to donate his kidney. And the man takes the phone and goes, boom. He hangs up the phone on him. He thought it was disconnected, so he rings again. Hello, my dear friend. Why did you tell your son no? shocked he calls a third time the man says have you not gotten the message stop calling me no is no is no i will never allow my son 
to give the kidney. Hangs up. Devastated. Crushed. To no end. After all this, they finally had it. And here, it just slipped away the last moment. He calls up the donor and he says, Why is your father so opposed? Why is he hanging up the phone on me? What did I do? He says, I don't know. I just know. He told me never. Can I go visit him? Sure. What's the address? He gives him the address. The father of the patient goes to the home of the father of the kidney donor. He rings the bell. The man opens the door. He takes a look at the person standing in front of the door. He takes the door and slams it in his face shut. He waits five minutes. He rings the bell again. The man comes to the door, sees him. Boom, he slams the door shut. He waits 20 minutes. He comes back, he rings the bell. The man doesn't know who's there. It's before the video cameras by the doors. He opens the door and as he's about to slam it, the visitor puts his foot in the door. And he says, I will leave. I will leave. I just ask you one favor. Give me the dignity and explain to me why not. That's it, I ask you. No is no. I can't have control over you or your son. But I just ask you, I beg you. Why do you refuse to allow your son to save my son's life? when there is no medical risk. The man looks at him and says, Are you going to play dumb with me? Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm naive? Do you think I'm gullible? Do you think I'm senile? Do you think you can fool me? You think I don't know who you are? You think I don't remember you? From me you will not hide. You were a capo in Auschwitz. I was there. And I'll never forget your face as a capo. You know, my dear friends, one of the most horrible components of the Holocaust was the phenomenon of capos, the Germans every community they used certain Jews to do the work for them these Jews became known as kapos, the reason they did it was they felt they're going to save their lives by cooperating with the Germans in most cases when they finished their work of rounding up the Jews they were exterminated we today in America, we can't judge anybody but for Holocaust survivors, the issue of kapos, so painful, so painful. I need not explain why. This Jew was a kapo. He worked for the Nazis in Auschwitz, helping them do their work. And the father of the donor says, And I'll never forget the day, that cursed day, when you... You sold your soul to the devil. You know, in Auschwitz, I had a son. 
He was a 14-year-old son who was built nicely. He was muscular, he was healthy, he was robust. And somehow he made it past the selection. And he worked with me in a home, in one of the homes. One day, one day, an SS commander is inspecting our place of work. Working in the home of an SS German officer, he comes in and he sees me and my son. He asks and he says, what is this boy doing here? Take him away to the block. And he specifies the block designated for people waiting to go into the gas chambers. He turns to the capo, to the Jewish capo. And he says, take this child to that block. The Jewish capo obeys takes my child away I never saw my baby again do you know who that capo was it was you it was you I know why you did it if you would have said no the SS commander would have taken out his gun and shot you right there or worse would hang you from the gallows or worse would torture you a slow death. I know why you did it. But you did not have the courage to say no because you looked out for your own life. You sent my son to death. You sent my son to the gas chambers to save your own life. You became a murderer for your own sake. Now you want me me to save your son's life you want me to allow my son to save your son's life where was your compassion where was your mercy on a Jewish child on that fateful day you became a murderer to save your own life never will I allow my son to save your son's life now leave me alone. As he's about to slam the door shut, the father of the kidney, of the patient who needed the kidney, turns to him and says, So let me tell you the end of the story. I took your child as the SS commander instructed me but somehow I could not I could not put him in the block from where he would be sent to the gas chambers I just couldn't do it I couldn't take this boy with my hands and murder him on the top of the house where you worked there was an attic I had access to it Rarely would anybody come up. I took your boy. I sneaked him up to the attic of the home. And I hid him there. Every day, every day. I would smuggle some food. And bring it up to the attic so that he would be able to eat. 
here he remained he remained till the end when the Russians came and liberated Auschwitz I was still alive and your son was still alive I couldn't find you you were nowhere to be found I naturally assumed that your fate was like the fate of the six million you were certainly dead I could not find a relative I could not find a family member so I took your boy and I crossed with him the Atlantic Ocean and I raised him as my child the boy who needs a kidney transplant is not my child it is your child the reason that no other matches were found for him but your son is because they are brothers your son and my son are brothers and therefore his kidney is a match for him needless to say the tears the emotions that flowed subsequently cannot be described in words boy was saved by his own brother with the full consent of the father the father of both children but when I heard this story my holy brothers my holy sisters I thought to myself it's a story from a different time it's a story from a different place but its message its message still must be applied to our lives sometimes sometimes we're asked to be there for another person sometimes we're asked to make a sacrifice for another person to do a favor to another Jew to help another soul and we say why should I help you why should I be here for you you are you and I am I have to remember that very often I think that I'm saving your son but I am really saving uh, none other than my son the holy of holies Rabbi Shnei Zalman of Liadi the Alter Rebbe whose celebration is tonight teaches that we are all one soul we're all brothers all of our souls are one and it's only the bodies that divide us so when I'm here for you I'm really here for myself when I'm here for your child I am here for my child because we are all integrated and interconnected like limbs and organs of a singular organism what is so moving about the mission statement of Chabad here in Southbury and all over the world is that this is essentially its main message the main message of Chabad as taught by its founder Rabbi Shnei Zalman of Liadi is we are all brothers and sisters go out and reach out to another Jew to another human being 
even though she might be a stranger, even though he may not agree with you, they may live a different lifestyle, they may come from a different background, they may be in totally a different world. Remember that we are all really one. We all have one soul. We are really connected. We don't have time for decisiveness, for conflict, for hate. When you're here for another person, you are here for yourself. To celebrate this mission, to celebrate work, is our mission in life. To reach out, to build bridges, and to continue to love each other with every fiber of our being. Because a soul comes down to this world, sometimes just to do a favor for another person, for another Jew, materially and spiritually. I want to bless you. I want to bless you, my dear holy friends, that every day you should have the mental space and the courage not to go to sleep until you can look in the mirror and say, Today I did a favor for another person. Today I did a favor for another Jew. We went into exile because of our hatred towards each other we will be redeemed because of our love towards each other. L'chaim, l'chaim. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.